Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish Eat Repeat. So the other week I bought a deck of cards and not a deck of playing cards, but a deck of mindful eating cards because I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk to my clients about mindful eating tips. We'll go through our lesson for the day or whatever my client finds challenging and wants to talk about for their session. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about maybe some practical, tangible tips that they can do to make new habits. And then I always like to teach some type of behavior modification component, the, the psychological part of nutrition. And I thought that these mindful eating cards would be a nice segue into teaching different concepts um, that could help them in their everyday life. And so I was going through the cards and I found some really good ones that I want to share with you. So the first card that I came across was uh, a card that says, finish the sentence. I want my relationship to food to be blank. So I'm going to pose that question to you. What do you want your relationship with food to look like? What's the first word that comes to your mind when I ask you that question? See, for a lot of people, they come into my office, especially on that initial visit, and they want to feel in control, right? They want to feel in control because for so long they feel out of control. They feel like they're not able to follow through with their goals. They know all the things that they're supposed to do, but they struggle in the execution, right? They want to lose weight. We'll use that for an example. So they know that in order to lose weight, they have to restrict. And they're all motivated first thing in the morning. They're all motivated on Monday, but as soon as things get hard, and there's a better option on the table than the salad that they packed for themselves at lunch, they want to, you know, leave their goals and eat the fun food instead, right? And so when people come to my office and they want help, they're basically looking at me and saying, I want to be able to control my food, which means I want to be able to restrict, right? I don't want to eat any junk. Teach me the secrets so that I I won't eat the bad food anymore, that I will only crave the good food, right? You know, I don't want this to be hard. So make it really simple for me to restrict all the food and only do the good stuff. And then on top of that, I don't want to have to worry about this ever, ever again. Teach me how to restrict, teach me how to enjoy it, and teach me how to never struggle with this problem again. I want to feel in control with my food, right? That's pretty much what we're saying if I have to dumb it down into three sub points. But recently, 
people have come into my office because they know that this whole idea of restriction and enjoying restriction, it's not working. They've tried all the different diets. They've tried all the different techniques. They've tried intermittent fasting. They've tried keto. They've tried um, paleo. They've tried Whole30. They've tried Isogenics. They've tried Octavia. They have tried all of it. And so they have done all these diets throughout the years. And in doing so, they realize that their relationship with themselves, their relationship with food, it's traumatized. And so now I have people coming into my office and they tell me, I want to have a healthier relationship with food, right? Meaning I don't want to be so obsessive about what I put in my mouth. I don't want to feel like I have to count every calorie. I want to go out and have fun and be able to enjoy all types of foods. And so we've got ourselves in a predicament because we want control, but we also don't want control. And so I want to talk about that word today. And I want to perhaps give you a new word. See, we need to stop seeking control. Control comes from a place of fear, right? It is it is a battle that you either win or lose. I'm actually taking this, these exact words from these mindful eating cards right now, right? Control comes from a place of fear. It's an internal battle that you either win or lose. Now, you know how competitive I am and I love to win. And I may have taught this to my children because my girls were just recently in a soccer tournament and they lost, Ugh, they lost in double overtime. They won the first game. It went to penalty kicks. They lost the second game in double overtime. And so I asked them, I'm like, yeah, but did you have fun? And they're like, mom, it's always more fun to win. And I was like, well, that's true. And I may have taught you that. (laughs) So, but control comes from fear. And we know that fear is never a positive motivator. It may motivate in the moment, but it's not a long-term solution. Instead, I want you to think of being in charge. Being in charge is a decision. It does not come from fear because you don't follow a rule, you lead. So I want you to think about this. When you want to think about what you're, what you're seeking your relationship with food to be like, I want you to think of in charge versus in control. And it's just that one little word change, but it takes you from a fear-based strategy to one where you feel empowered, one where you feel like you're in the driver's seat and you can make decisions. And it's not based on hope and wishful thinking, right? A lot of us go into a situation at a picnic or a party or a meal, and I hope it works out. I hope I make the right choice in the moment. I don't want you to have to hope things work out. I want you to know things are going to work out. And that comes from being in charge. So how do we be in charge? How do we be in charge of our our diets? How do we be in charge of our, our eating plan, our exercise? It all comes down to making decisions. 
And I think a lot of it comes down from making decisions ahead of time, making those decisions, those really, really important decisions before you get into the challenging situations, not while you're in the challenging situation. Because when you're in it, there's fear. I hope I don't mess up. I hope I do the right thing. I don't know. That just feels, that feels out of control, right? So if you want to be in charge, then you have to put yourself in a position where you've already worked through the details. You've, you know, visualized what are going to be some of the challenges that you may face and you have come up with a solution. See, for so many of us, we are all about creating the bright, shiny, beautiful diet plans, the bright, shiny, beautiful exercise plans. But what we don't practice is anticipating what are the thoughts that are going to come up in the moment that make us do the opposite of what we want to do. That's where we should put a lot of focus in creating a nice, shiny plan for. But instead, we think we just need to eat different foods and that will be the answer. It won't. If we don't address some of the mindset shifts that go along with nutrition, we're going to find ourselves in the diet hamster wheel over and over and over again. It's just a matter of time till, you know, you're facing the same exact challenges that you were six months ago, a year ago, two years ago. I had a lady in my office and she was so frustrated with herself because I've seen her I think the last time I saw her was six months ago and she was embarrassed. She's like, I was so embarrassed to have to pick up the call and ask for help again. She's like, I told her, I'm like, well, please, first of all, don't ever be embarrassed because we all need help in different seasons. Like literally, even in different seasons, winter, summer, there's different nutrition challenges. But I think where her embarrassment was coming from is she was thinking, I've, I've been to you before. I should know what to do by now, but I'm not doing it. And I told her, I was like, this nutrition thing is not a light switch. See, so many people come into my office and they say like, okay, I want help with this. And in their mind, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask for help. The dietitian's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. And then I'm never going to struggle with it again. And that's not how it works. <laughs> Remember we did a podcast on this, oh gosh, months and months ago where we talked about light switches versus dials. This nutrition thing is not a light switch. It's not a light switch because you will always have decisions to make around your food because you have to eat forever and ever and ever. So there will always be decisions to be made. Instead, this nutrition thing is more like a dial. Life is going to crank up the dial. Stress grief, pandemic, work changes, kid issues. Life is going to crank up the dial. And if you have not worked through the mental part of nutrition, then most likely you're going to eat as a coping strategy and you're going to go right back into those old habits. So we have to learn how to turn the dial back. Not because we want to feel in control because we're fear-based, but because we're in charge because we know how to handle the situation. 
So today I want to talk specifically about two different times where most of us feel like we're losing control and we're in that fear-based mentality. Uh, The first one is with afternoon snacking. How many of you struggle with snacking when you get home from work or snacking with the kids when they have their afternoon snack? right? This is a hard one. For a lot of us, if we're snacking after work, we call this transition eating because we're now finished with phase one of our day. And before we move to phase two, which is parenting and, you know, chauffeuring and taking care of the house, we think I should eat first. For a lot of us, you're eating dinner while you're preparing dinner because you're eating a multitude of calories in that moment. When it comes to afternoon snacking, I am a very big fan of creating a plan. Never, ever, ever walk into a buffet called your kitchen and hope you make the right decision in the moment. You're exhausted. You're tired. The kids are asking you a bazillion questions and you haven't even put your bag down yet. Right? What makes you think you're in a position to make a really great decision in that moment? I know I can't. I struggle with that. So I have found that if I make the decision ahead of time on what I'm going to eat, I do better. In fact, I'm going to take that a step further. I find that those people who pack a snack for the drive home do even better because they can eat it in a quiet space. (laughs) They can eat it before the ravenous hunger starts. And they can make that really good decision in terms of what they're eating and the volume. Walking into a kitchen with unending food probably isn't going to end well when you're exhausted and starving. But catching it before it becomes a problem puts you back into the driver's seat and in charge of your diet. All right. So what I want you to do is I want you to make these decisions ahead of time. I want you to plan what you're going to eat. I want you to plan how you're going to feel about it. I want you to even think about what is your, what is the anticipated argument your brain is going to give you for why you should ditch this decision and why you should do something else. And then I want you to even think about what your rebuttal will be. So you decide to pack veggies and hummus for your drive home. Or better yet, let's eat that veggies and hummus before you drive home when you get into the car because I don't want you driving and eating at the same time, right? So you eat your veggies and hummus before, you know, you pack it. You're all like, yep, this is going to be healthy. It's going to fill me up. It's going to be fantastic. And um, you get in the car and you're like, yeah, I don't want this. (laughs) I'd rather stop at McDonald's and get French fries instead. So if you know that you're not going to want veggies and hummus and you're going to want french fries instead, first of all, let's not pack veggies and hummus because it's not what you really want. Is there an alternative in that moment? Is there another snack that would feel more emotional fulfilling so that you can actually stick with it versus the McDonald's french fries? That's step number one. Maybe we pack these really good seed crackers and hummus because they'll fill you up a little bit more. And the carrots too. Why not? And so let's make sure we're packing something filling so that way when we get home, we're not looking for a better snack. 
But you also anticipate when your brain is going to say, yeah, I don't really want this. I'd rather have French fries instead. What are you going to tell yourself in that moment to make the crackers and hummus be okay? Practice saying it out loud and then visualize yourself actually eating the crackers and hummus instead of fantasizing about the McDonald's French fries while you're eating the crackers and hummus. You have to give your brain direction on where to go. Otherwise, it's going to always go back to old habits. You have to make a decision not only what you're going to eat, but how you're going to feel about it. Because in the moment, your brain's going to want to give you every reason why this is a terrible idea. And you have to be prepared for it and tell your brain to calm down and it's going to be okay. New is not necessarily bad. Different is not bad. It's just different than what you've done before. All right. So you're going to have a planned snack for the afternoon versus just trying to wing it and figure it out in the moment. Now, we do know that when you are sitting down, you eat less. When you sit down, you are eating less. So for some of you, you're coming home from work and you're standing at the kitchen counter eating a bunch of tortilla chips while you're cooking dinner. If you're going to eat the tortilla chips, please just count them out and sit down to eat them. Actually enjoy them and then start cooking dinner versus trying to do the two at the same time. And then the other thing I want you to do when you're having that afternoon snack is I want you to savor it and actually taste that bite. You can even ask yourself, do I like this or do I love it? See, we eat a lot of mediocre food. A lot of times we're not even tasting what we put into our mouth. So I want you to focus on asking yourselves questions in the moment whenever you're eating something. Do I like this? Do I love it? Do I want to continue eating it? Or do I want to move on to another activity? You know, we talk about how fast life is moving, but we don't ever slow down to actually taste food. And I want to teach you this concept so you don't have to worry about control and, you know, having these healthy relationships with food. I just want you to eat and move on. Yes, you can enjoy it, but we don't want to become obsessive over this. And mindful eating is the best way to do that. Now, the other time that we struggle is nighttime snacking. And before we can even address the concept of nighttime snacking, the first thing I have to always ask is, are you eating enough during the day? Because a lot of us are skipping meals or restricting on purpose to try to lose weight faster, and then we end up starving, hungry, miserable at night. So before we even address the nighttime snacking, first and foremost, I have to ask Are you eating enough during the day that's perpetuating the problem? Are you skipping meals because you think it'll get you to your goal faster? If that's the case, I beg you, stop doing that. It's not going to work. All right. We've had many, many podcasts about why this doesn't work. Feel free to listen to all of them. Okay. So when it comes to picking a snack at night, I want you to think of the acronym SNACK. Okay, again, this comes from one of these mindful eating cards. All right, so let's go through it. The first letter S in SNACK 
the S is going to stand for slow down. I want you to consciously choose a snack. Not stand in front of the pantry, not stand in front of the refrigerator and just grab whatever you see. I want you to make the decision before you even get into the kitchen. Slow down and think about what you want. Next is the letter N. And N stands for notice your hunger level on a scale from 1 to 10, where 10 is completely full and 1 is ravenous. What is your hunger level? Remember, whenever the thought of food pops into your mind, I always want you to ask yourself, am I hungry? And we can take it that step further and ask, how hungry am I on a scale of 1 to 10? This will tell you very honestly if you are just in the habit of eating at night or if you truly are hungry and you should go get something to eat. For a lot of us, if we were to answer honestly how hungry we were at night, it's probably a two or three, or I'm sorry, no, I apologize, other way on the scale. It's probably an eight or a nine. We're probably not that hungry. We're just bored watching TV or we're ruminating over a conversation. Man, I cannot talk today. You know, we're thinking about a conversation that we had earlier in the day, or we're finally letting go of all the stress that we held on to all day, and we're finally quiet enough to feel all those uncomfortable emotions, and then we want to eat through it. So, you know, think about a snack that you want to have, but then I also want you to notice your hunger level, right? Are you even hungry or are you just eating just to have something to do? I want you to move to the next letter, which is A, which is ask yourself, what are my options? Name three possible snacks or three ways to cope with your emotions, depending on if you are actually hungry or not. And then the C is choose thoughtfully. Ask yourself, will this meet my needs? Remember, if you're hungry, um, most foods will meet that need. We always talk about the apple test. You know, if the thought of food comes into your mind, would you eat an apple? If the answer is no, then you're probably not hungry. You're probably, you know, just in the habit of eating or you're feeling some type of emotion in that moment. So I want you to think of some options. Don't just pick ice cream because that's what you always pick at night. But think about what are my options in this moment, right? You know, I could have ice cream, I could have watermelon, or I could have cheese and crackers. All right. And then you think about all of those options and you think which one will meet your needs in that moment. And then when you are eating that snack, if you chose to eat the snack, the K stands for kindness. Ask yourself, am I being kind to my body right now? Should I stop or should I continue eating? All right, so those are your mindful eating tips when it comes to snacking. Slow down, notice your hunger, ask yourself what are my options, choose thoughtfully, and ask yourself, am I being kind to my body right now? Remember, being kind means honoring your body's hunger and fullness signals. It doesn't mean ignoring them, but it doesn't mean blowing past your signals either. Think about 
How can you best serve your body and its needs in that moment? For some of us, we just need to go to bed. And for some of us, we just need to brush our teeth. Maybe that's the kind thing. And for others, we need to feed ourselves in that moment because that is our best option. But I want you to think about all of these things. I don't want you to just grab food haphazardly and hope for the best or grab food and then be upset with yourself later on. I don't want you to be fearful of food. I want you to have a healthy relationship with food every step of the way. And I want you to feel like you're in charge, that you are leading the way and making the best decisions for you every single moment. All right, so that is your lesson for the day. Let me get you your recipe and then I'll have you on your way. So this is a recipe for a veggie Italian pasta salad. You're going to bring a, well, actually, let me go through the ingredients. You need six ounces of pasta, one pint of grape tomatoes, one pound of crunchy vegetable salad. So I like the broccoli salad that comes in a bag, a third of a cup of Italian dressing, a third a cup of goat cheese crumbles, and a quarter cup of chopped parsley. So you're going to bring a large pot of salt. Well, you know what? Actually, no. I'm going to change this recipe as I read it. Bring a large pot of water to a boil, and then you're going to go ahead and add your pasta and cook until it's al dente, according to the package directions. Meanwhile, you're going to take those grape tomatoes. You're going to cut them in half and put them in a large bowl together with the broccoli salad, the pasta, the Italian dressing, and you can go ahead and season with salt and pepper if you need to. Finally, top with the goat cheese and parsley. So it's a really quick, really easy summer salad recipe that's absolutely delicious, and you can bring it to your next picnic or party. Um, But it does have goat cheese in it, so you do want to make sure it stays refrigerated and it's not out for past four hours. All right, guys, that is your lesson for the day. I hope you found it helpful. As always, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.